This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Let's head out to the West Regional and check in with uh, Curtis Wilkerson from hogsports.com, part of the 247 Sports Network. What's going on, Curtis? How are you today? Hey, it, it's uh, it, it's going good. I appreciate you having me on. I got to say before we get started, shout out to Oral Roberts. Arkansas got a taste of that uh, a couple years ago in the Sweet 16. <laughs> yeah. That that program is awesome. Max Asmus is an absolute killer. Uh, and they've got Connor Vanover, the transfer out of Arkansas. So that is definitely uh, my second favorite team going into the bracket for sure. So you'll be able to explain a little bit more about Vanover because if I'm not mistaken, weren't his minutes kind of limited in in the tournament last year? Yeah, they were. You know, it was, it was really interesting in both of his years at Arkansas. Uh, his first year, he actually started a majority of the season, but he's just such a matchup dependent guy, especially in the SEC with the type of athleticism that's in that league. Uh, you know, there are some games where they just need their five man to be able to get out and defend on the perimeter. That's not really his game. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a more of a plotting big man or a true center. Uh, then his minutes were a lot higher. So he started more, most of his uh, his first year at Arkansas. Uh, and then started coming off the bench as Jalen Williams emerged into the rotation. And last season, I think he started the first 10 games or so, uh, and then really just kind of became a role and, and matchup dependent player, but super talented, um, obviously freakishly tall and, and long, so he can block a lot of shots in there. And, and you got to love a, you know, a seven foot five guy to step out and knock down a three. No doubt. And it's, it's still weird before we get to Arkansas to think that ORU has more tournament experience on their team than what Duke has, which is if you would have said that, you know, five, six, seven years ago, you'd be like, what are you kidding me? You're like nuts. I'm like, no, that's kind of the state of college basketball that we have right now, but they've got a ton of experience on that team. Yeah, they do. They they really do. You know, they they made a, a really awesome run a couple of years ago. It's just a a fun group. Paul Mills is an incredible coach. I just uh, I I think you know you never like to see Duke across from me on the bracket, but I I guarantee you they're not too excited about seeing ORU either. That's going to be just a, a fascinating fascinating matchup. I'm really looking forward to that one. Well, as we turn our attention to uh, to Arkansas. Um, it's been a unique season, if if I can describe it that way. You would know much more than we would from having to live it day in, day out on this. Uh, but your thoughts on Arkansas landing there where they're at with the fighting Illini in the opening round with the opportunity to take on the one seed. What did you feel about the seeding for Arkansas? Yeah, I think it's fair. You know, that's I, I think that's what you get when you get into these eight nine matchups, especially when they feature, uh, you know, some some power conference teams. Uh, usually, you got you know a couple groups that are very very dangerous and capable, uh, but flawed, and and that's the case with these two teams. You know, it's, they're eerily eerily similar if you look at some of the the statistics and the way that they play. You know, neither team shoots the three very well. Neither team shoots free throws very well. They've struggled to play with leads and close games down the stretch, but they're also immensely talented. They have some great wins, and, and they've got a, you know teams that are deep and capable of playing with everybody. So it, it's really it, it's fascinating to look at these two groups because they're kind of a mirror image of one another. I think they're both fairly seated, uh, and you know I, I think this game could go either way. And, and quite honestly, uh, if either team is bring, you know brings their A game to the second round, they could give Kansas a push. If they don't, and, and that's kind of the Jekyll and Hyde with both of these teams, they can get blown out of the water. So it's just going to be a, a really interesting matchup, no doubt. This is the time of year where Eric Musselman thrives. 
he might be one of the best coaches that exists in short-term preparation and being able to identify and then exploit weaknesses. What makes Musk so good in these time frames like this when they get into tournament play? Well, it's, I think it's his background, you know. I, I mean, this is the guy that grew up um, around basketball. His dad was a, a coach at multiple levels, and he's been a coach at multiple levels. And, and so when you speak about the quick turnarounds, you know, in these tournament settings – uh, you know, this was nothing for him in and, and his 20 years, you know, in the NBA or, or the G League. Uh, you know, when you have, you know, flights across the country and you're playing back-to-back nights, you've got to be able to, to turn the page and, and prepare on short notice. And, you know, he's got different methods to that type of madness. And I think it really helps. And then you're right about, you know, his ability to just, just kind of really dive in, um, find matchups that he likes, you know, find things schematically that he can work with and really, you know, put his guys in a position to exploit those things. He's a great X's and O's mind. He's a master of adjustments. Uh, and in those one-game do-or-die kind of sample sizes, uh, you can put Musk up there with, with pretty much anybody in the country, and I think that's why Arkansas has had so much success the last couple seasons because if you think about these two runs that they've gone on, the back-to-back Elite Eights, a lot of these games haven't been pretty. If you think about Colgate. Uh, Oral Roberts the first year, then last year, you know, Vermont, New Mexico State, these are those scrappy, um, upset-minded mid-majors that, you know, give teams fits. Arkansas won every one of those games, but they did them ugly. They mucked it up a little bit, uh, and they kind of found a way to take advantage of some flaws there and and get over the top. And, you know, it's a a different type of scenario this year facing Illinois, but, yeah, you got to feel pretty good about your chances going in there with Musk. So when you look overall at Arkansas – I think the best way to put this is probably if we get a fresh, clean slate. And it, listen, it hasn't been pretty what in the last nine or ten games with the way that they have with blowing leads, and we'll talk more about that coming up in a second. But from a mentality standpoint, I think this is the best thing for them. Let's just focus one, one at a time. We can't control anything that's happened in the past. Yes, we're not necessarily happy with where we are, but even Musselman said, hey, our goal was to make the tournament, try to get the best seed, so now we can just have that single entity focus, and I think that's what's best for them right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that for sure. You're right. You know, They haven't met uh, those lofty preseason expectations for a number of reasons, and, and yeah, injuries have played a role in that, but uh, there's obviously been some inconsistencies with their play that, that's cost them throughout the course of the year. Uh, but once you get to this point, you know, the regular season, uh, the work is done. You know, you've accomplished a, a major goal and, and everything, you know, big picture that you had set out for yourself is right in front of you. So whether, you know, rather than dwelling on some of the losses and, you know, the ones that they would like to get back, the bracket is set now. So everything that happened up to this point was just serving as preparation and, and hopefully lessons learned for these guys to, you know, kind of build off on, moving forward here over the next couple of days and, and, and possibly a couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, it seems like they kind of needed the fresh start. Uh, you know, I, I think this is a team that understands it's capable and, and proven that it can play with anyone. They just got to put it all together and, and kind of get over that hump. So, uh, you know, confident, not shaken, despite some of the, you know, the struggles down the stretch of the season here. They know when they step on the floor, they're going to be just as, if not more talented than anybody they're facing up against. And that doesn't guarantee you a win, but it puts you in a good position for sure. So you wrote this um, at hogsports.com. You were talking about the identity that a team takes from year to year. You were talking about that tournament run uh, where they were falling behind and having to come back. This This is different. This team has not had a lot of success playing with leads as of late. 
Um, what is the identity, and is this an opportunity for them to get over that hurdle of losing leads, or are you of the opinion of you just kind of are who you are at this point? Well, I'd say in most cases, I kind of subscribe to that thought that, you know, once you get to the postseason, you are what you are, but it is kind of a unique situation for Arkansas on that, you know, throughout the course of the year, they just had to continuously kind of reinvent themselves. You know, when they lost, they didn't have Nick Smith at the beginning of the season. Uh, then they got him back and they lost Trevin Brazil and, and then they didn't have either one of them. Then they got Nick back. So it seems like four or five, six times a season, you know, Eric Musselman has kind of had a different look um, on his roster. And, and so, you know, yeah, you, you'd think 33 games into the year, uh, you would really have that identity figure out and, and know exactly who you are. Uh, but they're still kind of working out some of those kinks with this group. So um, while those inconsistencies have been there, um, I think there is something to be said for, you know, at some point, with the talent that this group has and, and the more that they play together, there could be a situation uh, where they do get over that hurdle and things just kind of click and they really get on a roll. We've seen it in spurts, uh, maybe a game here or there, maybe a half here or there. Uh, and so they've got to put it together a little bit more consistently here when it matters the most. But yeah, they've found a lot of uh, sizable leads in the second half. You know, several times they've been by double digits or near it. You think back to uh, games at Alabama, at Baylor, at Missouri. Uh, in the SEC tournament against Texas A&M, at Texas A&M. I mean, those are all tournament teams. And Arkansas was in cruise control in the second half in some of those games. But when things tighten up, they've really, really struggled. The string together stops. Most importantly, they get into these scoring droughts. And this is a Razorback team that doesn't shoot it particularly well from three. Uh, and, and their identity really in the past has been getting downhill, getting to the rim, finishing around the basket, but then also drawing free throw attempts and kind of making up for that three-point gap there. But they've struggled uncharacteristically at times this season from the free throw line. So when you're not knocking down threes and you're missing your free throws, it puts you in a situation where, you know, if a team gets hot and puts a little run on you, you can get back on your heels there pretty quick. Uh, it's a young backcourt. You know, Anthony Black has counted his, he is at the point guard position. It's his first year. And so these new experiences are, are there for him. And, you know, Arkansas kind of had trouble getting that big basket when they need it the most or getting that big stop and defensive rebound when it matters the most. You know, when you look at all these one-possession games they lost, you know, it's just one play here and there. It could be a much, much different season for them. Curtis, we can sit here and, and focus on the negative side of things all that we want, um, but one of the first things I, meant, I heard mentioned from a national perspective about this Arkansas team is also something that you wrote about, which was just the talent level. Um, this is one of the more talented teams on paper that exists that has, a, has an eight seed. Uh, and that's one of the key reasons I saw some people even picking them as a potential upset over Kansas when you get into the second round. Outside of the talent level, the other positive on them is just how good that they are defensively. Because as you said, if you're not going to hit a bunch of threes because they don't shoot it that well, you limit your opponent on that. And Arkansas, with the length that they have, how good they are defensively, you at least feel comfortable in that traveling arena to arena the longer that you continue to play here in the month of March. Yeah, 100%. And that's why they stay so close in all these games, even if they haven't gotten over the hump in some of them. Uh, and you're 100% right about the talent. You know, this is a, a backcourt that has two lottery picks on it. You know, Anthony Black and Nick Smith, those guys are about to be making a lot of money playing professional basketball. Uh, I don't know how many other backcourts in, in the country can boast that. Uh, and then, you know, that's not to mention a guy like Ricky Council, who he's popping up on draft boards. This is a guy that was an all-SEC pick, uh, a top-five scorer in the conference. You've got Jordan Walsh, who's the third five-star McDonald's All-American that, you know, they can use him 
uh, at the three, four, or five positions. He's a versatile piece. He's popping up on the back end of some draft boards. So, you know, it's a, a ton of NBA talent right there. And that's not to mention a guy like Devo Davis, who's kind of the one constant on this team over the last two Elite Eight runs. This guy's got six NCAA tournament victories under his belt. He's playing the best basketball of his career. He's averaging double digits. He's shooting 40% from three since the start of SEC play. So Arkansas does have a lot of firepower. And then you mentioned the defensive side of things. Absolutely. Arkansas is the 13th tallest team in the country. They're long. They're athletic. And you're right. They limit not just percentage from three, but the amount of attempts that you know the opponent gets up. They run guys off of the three-point line. They funnel them in to the interior where Arkansas has one of the best block percentages in the country. They protect the rim at a high rate. So, uh, yeah, they can hold teams down, and they've got the talent to fill it up a little bit. So sometimes you get, you know, one side of the coin and not the other. But, boy, if you get both, Arkansas is really, really hard to beat. These two teams, uh, as we get set to uh, let you go, um, remarkably similar in so many different ways. Um, Illinois has length. They have versatility. Um, they play more of an isolation type game that's here. They they can defend as good as anyone. Um, they've got a couple of guys, right, like Matthew May, the Baylor transfer, kind of a wild card in this entire uh, setting. When he goes off, they're incredibly tough to beat. But this might be one of the better sneaky games of the entire first round of the tournament with two teams that look a whole heck of a lot alike. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it really is. They are almost mirror images of each other. I, I was talking to uh, my counterpart on our Illinois side at 24-7 Sports, and he said, you know, it's, it's kind of like Arkansas and Illinois. It's like that Spider-Man meme where you've got two <laughs> Spider-Men who's pointing at each other like they're looking in a mirror. And it's so true. You know, the, the weaknesses are the same. The strengths are the same. Like you mentioned, they're both, you know, long, athletic, and versatile, uh, just as talented as anybody in the field. Uh, and their A game is as good as anyone's. But, boy, it's inconsistent. And, and when things go wrong, uh, it can really snowball on you in a hurry. So it's really, really interesting. I, I could see, you know, a situation where, you know, both teams build up double-digit leads and wind up losing them throughout the course of the game. It wouldn't surprise me at all. That's just the way it's been for these groups this season. But, yeah, in, in terms of the matchups in this tournament, uh, just, just the intrigue and the potential for just an awesome game, Arkansas and Illinois has got to be up there towards the top for sure. Curtis, good stuff, man. Have fun, uh, safe travels, and we'll definitely do this again soon. Uh, best of luck, man. Always enjoy your breakdowns and keep up the great work there uh, at hogsports.com, man. Thank you so much. Awesome. That sounds great. Thank you guys so much. That's uh, Curtis Wilkerson joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.